0: This is The Right Connection. This podcast is designed to help you choose the right words and stories in your business content to create authentic connections with prospects, clients, partners, and colleagues. Now the host of The Right Connection, Catherine Burrows. Thanks, Carl, and welcome to another episode of The Right Connection. Today we're concluding the five-part series on literary elements with Episode 5, Language. In episode one, we talked about the importance of knowing a character's backstory, such as our ideal client, and that provides us with the details about their experiences and their goals in life. And we learned that to tell your own backstory, you need to look at yourself in a whole new way. In episode two, we learned how important it is to contrast your ideal client's current setting with the setting that they will be in after working with you. And in episode three, we discussed several themes and how themes help you convey your brand's values, strengths, and benefits to your ideal client. Then in episode four, most recently, we talked about how plot demonstrates action to your ideal client. The plot can show them how they will move from where they are now to where they want to be, thus achieving their goals by working with you. The fifth and final literary element of this series is language. The language that we use when we communicate with our audience conveys and creates the many different facets of our brand story. I'm a big fan of fabric and fiber arts, so I like to think of our content stories as unique tapestries that we can design and weave into a picture which authentically represents our brand. If character setting, theme, and plot are the warp and weft of the fabric, that is, those threads that go up and down or side to side, then language is the golden thread, which adds both strength and aesthetic appeal throughout. Language is used to express voice, tone, style, and mood. The voice encompasses the point of view, that is, who is talking, who's telling the story. It really demonstrates your personality. So your brand might have one main voice, especially if you are a coach, speaker, or small business owner, where you really are your brand. But other voices can also be beneficial. Using the voice of a delighted client is wonderful. We often refer to those as testimonials. Even the voice of your ideal client, someone who has not yet worked with you, sometimes called your dream client avatar. Thanks, Diana Lidstone, for that term is also a wonderful way to connect with your audience through voice. For larger companies, they may have the voice of a character or mascot, even a celebrity endorser. Think Tony the Tiger from Kellogg's Frosted Flakes or Michael Jordan and Nike. It's very important that your message remains consistent, even when there is some variation in voice. For example, you could have a blog where you have various authors write articles. Your IT expert could write about your solution in her voice. Your salesperson could write about the same solution, but from a different point of view, in a different voice, and highlighting different benefits to the client. The consistency in this case comes from the fact that both voices are describing the same solution. They won't ever contradict each other they're simply just emphasizing different ways of looking at the same things when you are speaking for your brand and especially when you are your brand's main voice you need to ensure that your voice is consistent the best way to ensure consistency is to be authentic tone is your attitude toward what you are talking about in most cases you will be writing or speaking about your brand prospects, current clients, past clients, partners or colleagues, and, of course, your offering. You may also be providing commentary or insights on industry news, challenges, or innovations. Depending on your brand and offering, the tone that works best to achieve authentic connection may be serious or lighthearted, positive or negative, persuasive or argumentative, comical, or discouraged. There should be some level of consistency, though tone may vary with your subject matter. For example, when you comment on the latest industry news, your tone may be serious or even discouraged. However, when you share the benefits of your offer, your tone should definitely be positive, persuasive, and confident you absolutely know you can deliver what you say and that what you deliver will benefit your ideal client, hands down. Tone is achieved through word choice, sentence structure, and the points that you choose to emphasize. If I was going to write a car commercial, I could make it nostalgic, dramatic, or lighthearted. Here's a couple quick examples. Nostalgia. Remember the freedom you felt the first time you got behind the wheel. Dramatic. Our new sports model gives you the power of 0 to 60 in 2.5 seconds. Lighthearted. When you want to focus on the scenery and your playlist, let us take care of the maintenance. For more advanced content creation, you could even experiment with the use of sarcasm or exaggeration. Sarcasm might sound like this. For all those who thought we couldn't combine luxury and performance in an affordable sedan, exaggeration. You could launch our car into space. Wait, that one actually did happen. I guess that's not exaggeration. Style can be formal or informal, colloquial, or even slang. For formal, think annual general meeting. It's your best behavior, your most formal business attire your most formal business language. Informal is more like your regular weekly meetings. There's definitely structure. It's still more formal than a casual conversation, but it's definitely not your AGM. Colloquial is your casual everyday conversation, maybe in the lunchroom or around the water cooler. Slang is how you might speak with your closest friends. You might use abbreviations when you speak with slang, acronyms, or even profanity, all of which can be appropriate with the right audience. For most speakers, coaches, and entrepreneurs, you want to aim for a casual tone, which is definitely friendly, but still maintains a minimum level of business professionalism. Think about how you would speak to a business connection or a prospective client over coffee, You're out of the office and it's an informal chat, but you still have certain boundaries. Word choice affects your style, particularly in the difference between denotation and connotation. Let me explain. When it comes to the definition of a word, denotation is the strict dictionary definition. However, the connotation can be very different. Connotation is the implied subtext commonly associated with the word especially in current popular culture, and may carry significant emotional weight. These pop culture meanings often outweigh the dictionary definition in the minds of our audience. This is just one more reason to do a deep dive into your ideal client and be very clear about who you are talking to. What meanings will they understand and relate to? Be very aware of how your audience may read between the lines or between the words which is great when you want them to. They can feel very included when they get your story or your meaning, but be really careful that they don't feel left out, misinformed, or offended. As an example, let's take the word office, which dictionary.com defines as, quote, a room, set of rooms, or building where the business of a commercial or industrial organization or of a professional person is conducted. End quote. That's the denotation. Dictionary definition. What connotations of the word office can we come up with? Some negative ones might be the place where my boss is always nagging me, the place where I need to avoid unwanted advances from Harriet in accounting. The place where I feel like an imposter and wonder when they'll figure out that I don't know what I'm doing. Some positive connotations of the word office might be the place where I feel inspired by my collaborations with my team, the place where I feel like I'm making a difference or helping people, the place where I feel creative and talented. And if we pay attention to sitcoms and soap operas, connotations of the office might be a place where no one does any work, a place where management is always unfair, negative, and pretty much evil and a place where everyone is always having sex with everyone else, regardless of company policy, office hierarchy, or individual relationship status. So you can definitely see how the various connotations can drastically affect that neutral dictionary definition. Mood is the overall feeling that you leave with your audience. It's very important because the feelings the audience gets from your content is the way they connect to your brand story. Mood can be communicated through word choice, as well as through figurative language and literary devices, such as imagery, metaphor, or irony. I don't want to go too deep into all the literary devices because that could be a whole other five-part series. But thinking again about our car commercial, there's a difference between a scene about being stuck in a traffic jam versus driving on a long stretch of open highway. That's imagery. A common metaphor that we can all relate to was made popular by the song, Life is a Highway. Irony is a bit more complicated. It happens when what is actually happening is in direct contrast to the expected outcome. Because I love driving, let's look at another car example. We see a sophisticated woman driving a luxury car at sunset presumably on her way home from the office. We think she's headed home for a luxurious bath, perhaps a relaxing glass of wine. But when she drives over a hill, there's a police roadblock. It would be even more ironic if the police are actually looking for that particular woman. When you demonstrate the results that your prospects will get, or the amazing successes that your past and current clients have achieved, you want to convey a mood that is calm, optimistic, even joyful. If your content is focused on the pain points or problems experienced by your ideal client, it is counterintuitive, but you want to create a mood of stress and frustration with at least enough discomfort to motivate that prospect to seek change by hiring you, of course. Voice, tone, style, and mood are all created with language, and they are all interconnected. Each one influences each other, and they all work together when you interact with your audience through the language of your content. Your choice of language and how you use it can completely change how your audience understands and internalizes your story or message. To give you an example, let me relate this back to my grandfather again. If you've had the chance to listen to the first four episodes, you probably have a pretty good sense of the type of man he was by now. You can imagine that as my grandfather loved to tell stories, he also appreciated the power and the subtleties of language. He had a rich and diverse vocabulary, was very well-read and well-spoken. And I can remember him speaking very differently for different audiences. When I was a child, and he told me family history stories, he made sure to use the words that I could understand, and he would always relate the story to me. For example, he would say, your great-grandmother, that was my mother, and he would go on. So it was clear that he wasn't just telling a story about his own life or his own history, but he was telling a story that was also part of my life and my history as well. He demonstrated how the story was relevant to me. When I was a teenager, I remember helping him prepare to give a speech at a black tie dinner. His language was much more formal. His speech was written out. And since he had no idea how to use a computer, I was tasked with typing out his notes in large font so that he could easily see them while standing at the podium. By using context and examples that were appropriate to his business audience, with some industry-appropriate humor, he created a mood of professional yet collegial connection. And in my very early 20s, because he passed away not long before I turned 22, I remember him telling what he would have thought of as a scandalous story. And I was finally old enough to hear this type of tale in his opinion, because I wasn't sent from the room when he started to tell the story. He talked about a friend of his who had been secretly married, and this marriage had come to light only when, one night, several couples were out to dinner and a condom had fallen out of the man's pocket. Of course, the couple then had to disclose that they had been married for several months. My grandfather imbued the story with humor, his tone that of someone conveying a secret, and one that was perhaps a little bit racy for his audience. He was including the audience in some preferential or exclusive group providing access to privileged, specially designed content. In business, language is very important because it helps your ideal client feel that you are speaking directly to them. Picture for a moment a large tapestry hanging on a wall. Think medieval castle if you're having trouble with the scale. Those massive pieces of fabric were functional and helped keep out the cold from the stone walls. They also looked beautiful, but there was often a purpose to that beauty. Tapestries could be used to show the history of a clan or family. They could demonstrate the values of that clan, perhaps showing their coat of arms or their motto and they could show snapshots of significant events or situations. Imagine such a tapestry for your business. Picture it having 12 blocks or squares, space for 12 scenes or symbols that best represent your business. What would you put in those 12 squares? What can you show people that when they see that image or that situation, It is relevant to their lives, relates to their values, and shows real, authentic people and situations. What will best help prospects come to know, like, and trust you? As the business owner or CEO, you will create a brand guide, possibly with help from a marketing expert, which defines the language you use in your brand storytelling. This guide will talk about the voice or voices used, the tone and style to be written or spoken in, and the mood you want to induce in your ideal client to compel them to action. Any member of your team will then be able to reference this guide to ensure consistency in your brand voice and brand storytelling. Consistency is a huge part of creating an authentic connection with your desired audience. Your ideal client won't necessarily realize that they're reacting to your word choice or responding to imagery, but like Maya Angelou says, people will forget what you said, people will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. So plan and create your content to engineer how they feel in response to your content, your brand, And your offer. Spend some time making notes about language for both yourself and your ideal client. Think about the tapestry. You might even want to create a folder of images that represent your business. Challenge yourself to narrow it down to just 12. What message are you really trying to convey? And is it effective? I know we've talked a lot about literary terminology today and even throughout the whole series but I don't want you to get stuck on fancy words. If you have any questions about anything on this podcast or in this five-part series, please reach out to me. I'm always happy to talk about words and stories. But the main thing I want you to take away is, your words matter. Choose them wisely based on your brand, your ideal client, and your desired outcome. Clear, concise, targeted language makes your brand storytelling so powerful, it multiplies your impact. Throughout this series, you've been keeping some notes. The purpose of all the notes is to put them together and look for the common threads. Make a chart that you can keep on your wall when creating content. If you think abstractly, go with a flow chart or Venn diagram. If you're more analytical, go with a spreadsheet. But look through the notes and find words, phrases, images, and messages that are recurring. Use these to start creating guidelines for your brand. The best investment you can make in your brand content is to consult with an expert. Provide them with the notes that you've taken throughout this series on character, setting, theme, plot, and language. The expert will have questions of their own to ask, and I've seen a really wide variety ranging from what three words best describe your brand to if you were an animal, what animal would you be? Trust the process, trust the creativity, whether it's yours or someone else's, and trust your gut. You absolutely know best what your business story needs. It has to align with your values regardless of how many marketing degrees someone has. And most of all, have fun. Stories are meant to be fun for both the creator and the consumer. And P.S., the more you enjoy what you're doing, the more it will come across in your voice, written, audio, or video, and the more authentic your content becomes. Share your joy in what you do. It's contagious. Thanks for listening today. I hope something in today's episode inspired you to tell your own story more creatively. Please join me next time for more about how authentic words and stories create the right connection. Thanks for listening to The Right Connection. What did you think of the show today? Give us a rating and leave us a comment. If you have a question for Catherine, reach out to her by sending her an email, Connection at or visit her website, catherineburrowscreative.com. And don't forget to follow Catherine on social media. Thanks again for listening to The Right Connection.